Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for being here. I wanted to have this conversation about trust and control and how that feeds into different areas of our lives, but we'll be talking specifically through the lens of reality creation because I feel like something that I've noticed a lot is that this is a big theme with a lot of messaging being about the importance of letting go, surrendering, trusting the universe, etc. Now, something that I really celebrate about myself but also about others is just how much our perspectives can change and evolve over time as we have new experiences and collect new information. And the reason I bring this up is because something that has evolved a lot for me and a perspective that has shifted and is continuing to shift is how I relate to this idea of trusting the universe or even just the idea of the universe or an entity beyond myself in general. Some part of me feels resistance to the idea of there being this one external entity that I am supposed to lean into and trust. And I felt resistance to this idea ever since I started exploring manifestation. And, you know, a little bit of history is that even growing up Catholic, personally, I never felt a strong connection to the idea of a god, and any idea I did have of god in my youth seemed to be more fear-based or punitive, worrying that I was going to sin and not go to heaven, for example. So even in that relationship with god, I didn't have this deep sense of safety and trust. And in addition to that, I personally have just had a hard time connecting with this idea of a god or a universal force or however you want to call it. And the reason that I share that I celebrate the evolution of perspective is that I believe at one point I did lean more into this idea of the universe, for example, and trusting the universe and I specifically spoke to that in a episode in the manifestation series I believe it was the third and since recording that episode I would say I've reflected on this idea and 
I would say that my perspective has changed. My relationship with reality has changed. Even since starting this podcast, my whole way of navigating and approaching reality has changed. And the through line or the consistent theme for me personally is that I've never really had a relationship with a God or a divine force in my life where it feels completely safe to surrender or let go. And I would actually go as far as saying the experience of doing so, letting go, trusting the universe, feels unnatural and at times unsafe. So why do I bring this up and how does this feed into the conversation we're having today? Well, I've spoken about how the way that I resonate most with navigating reality, at least right now, is as a playful explorer. So in other words, being here to learn, experiment, gather data, not taking things too seriously, playing, exploring, being curious, you know, evolving my perspective, evolving my way of being, trying different characters, playing different characters. And I believe that in order to do this effectively, I kind of associate this state of being with a great degree of openness and sometimes even vulnerability. And there is a need for an underlying sense of safety. For me personally, I often need tangible proof that I'm safe to let the wall of control down and to be in that state of openness and exploration that I find to be so pleasant and enjoyable and what I feel on some level I came here to do. In the mix of different approaches to reality creation and just navigating reality in general, I think that there is also space for every way of navigating, including people who actually are able to so heavily lean into a divine force and really have a great degree of trust in the unseen. What I'm trying to articulate here is that for me, I quite often need that tangible proof, that evidence. I need to build up that evidence and that takes time. So for instance, if I have a narrative that if I put myself out there socially in a certain way, I'm going to be rejected and abandoned, even if, you know, that was from one specific instance in childhood that that happened, I need to kind of build up proof in favor of an opposite narrative that, hey, I actually am safe in social settings and it is safe to put myself out there in new ways and sometimes it actually requires being intentional about rewriting that narrative but what I'm trying to say here is that when I haven't built up that proof or my sense of safety feels compromised in any way even on a very unconscious level I find that I approach reality with the intention of seeking out a problem to solve or something that I can correct or control to regain my sense of safety. And what happens is, in addition to being sort of an unpleasant way to navigate reality, it causes me to narrow my focus to the aspects of my reality that may be presenting themselves as problems to be fixed. 
sometimes when there isn't even really a problem to begin with. And what I found sometimes is that I actually create a problem because again, I'm in the habit of associating problem solving and being in control with a sense of safety and with a sense of, by extension, sort of validity and purpose. But when I do this, I ignore the access I have to ease, clarity, and even my creativity. And when I narrow my focus to the aspects of my reality that may be presenting themselves as a problem, I am also pulling my attention away and in some cases ignoring the aspects of my reality that are actually going well and have the potential to bring me joy, connection, and pleasure. So, you know, as an example of this, let's say that using the kind of social fears that I have or social programming that I have that I'm going to be abandoned and rejected, if I have a group of friends and I sense that one of them is annoyed at me, rather than allowing that to kind of be neutral information and just fixing it if I need to and addressing it if the moment comes up, I will allow that one person out of let's say five or even 10 people to kind of consume my experience because I think that if I don't correct that annoyance or whatever it may be, this is just a random example, then my safety is compromised. My my sense of belonging is compromised. So the reason I share this is because I can recognize that I associate being in control with safety. And I can also appreciate that this association and this adaptation to reality is a result of the life experience that I've had. It's not as though I necessarily consciously chose to approach reality in this way. And I now believe that this adaptation of my character, meaning the association, the strong association I have with control and safety is why I find it difficult to relate to, or part of the reason I should say, to relate to the expression, you know, just trust the universe, just relax and trust the universe. Because again, if I don't trust that my core need of safety will be met, if I do surrender control, then my survival instinct kicks in and I resist that experience and I want to hold on to that control. And on a deeper level, it feels like an extremely vulnerable position to put myself to surrender control. And I think it's understandable to have some degree of resistance to that experience. And resistance doesn't just manifest itself in my relationship to reality creation. It also shows up on an interpersonal level. For example, I find the experience of deeply trusting people and being vulnerable to be difficult at times. I even find the experience of accepting financial support from others difficult because I associate that with someone else having a level of control over me. And although I have a few ideas, this episode isn't going to be about, you know, knowing the specifics of how I came to have this relationship with control and trust. And I don't believe that I need to fully understand that in order to shift it. I can theorize, but for me, 
I want my attention and my energy to go towards shifting that relationship rather than necessarily always needing to know exactly how it came to be because sometimes how it came to be is nuanced and I think that it's important information to understand that hey this is an adaptation to an experience it doesn't necessarily mean that this is how I have to navigate reality moving forward but the reason I say this is because in the past especially in my relationship with anxiety I couldn't get past the stage where I needed to understand why I was feeling the way that I was and I eventually came to accept the way that I was feeling and recognize that I could move forward without having all of the full picture of why I felt that way if that makes sense so for me my desire to shift my relationship with trust and control is for a few reasons number one it's draining to need to always be in control or on high alert and I think it's also it takes away from my sense of presence because I'm not really having an experience I'm trying to control it it also cuts me off from my creativity I've found that it hinders my expansion and closes me off to new experiences because I'm failing to access anything beyond my own limited perspective and experience What I mean by this is when I feel that I need to be in control, it's sort of, of, excuse me, under this assumption that I know what's best, but I only know what I've already experienced and I find that expansion comes when I'm open to having a new experience. And we also talk on this podcast about this idea that we can experience the reality that we desire by first playing the character who is living in that desired reality. So if it's money that we desire, how is the version of us that has the relationship with money behaving? How are they speaking? How are they acting, etc.? But quite often when we don't trust that we can access that, we're playing the character who doesn't have access to that reality so we feel the need to control or fixate or be constantly checking in on things for example and then the last reason that I want to shift this relationship is I find that the need to constantly be in control is generally just unpleasant not trusting reality is generally an unpleasant experience and it's something that I personally want to move away from because I desire joy, I desire presence, I desire pleasure and that is something that for me personally I have acknowledged cuts me off from those things. Now as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode my relationship with an external force entity or intelligence as it relates to reality creation has shifted a lot. I've now come to see reality creation in this way, which is that everything I interact with on any level is simply a relationship, ascending and receiving of energy. And when I'm in a relationship with something or someone, I kind of enter into agreement with that thing or with that person or experience. So it's not to say that I have control over that thing person or experience and in fact for me the discomfort comes when I believe that I do have control over that thing where I believe I have the capacity to 
create and influence my reality is through considering how I am entering into the relationship. What role am I playing? What am I bringing to it? What standards do I have for it? How am I shaping it? And how do I respond to it? And also recognizing I can choose how and with who or with whom, I don't know which one is right, I enter into a relationship. So again, just like I have a relationship with my partner, myself, my mom, my dad, my closest friends, I also have a relationship with my physical environment, with this podcast, with my social media platforms, for example. And I believe that in relationships, we want to have a mutually beneficial exchange. And I'm a very visual person and I've mentioned before the visual of like opening and closing of doors. And in this case, I picture things like having a lack of trust in a relationship or needing to be in control causing the door to close and almost causing like a buildup of energy because things are not flowing in the way that they naturally should. And so from my viewpoint, in order for the exchange to happen, there needs to be a degree of openness. And then like I said, when there is a lack of trust, understandably so, the door kind of begins to close off. And if you think about even personal relationships, I find that when this happens and when that closing happens, we kind of cut ourselves off from the depth of that relationship and we cut ourselves off from the potential nourishment that we could not only receive but also give if the door were more open. What I don't want to suggest here though is that we need to force ourselves to open that door with people and with things and enter into an agreement and an exchange where we don't feel safe doing so. But what I've kind of found in my experience is that I'll close the door simply because of something that's happened in the past or, you know, simply because something reminded me of something without even really allowing that person or that thing to present itself differently. So for example, sometimes I don't even have the data or the proof that justifies me closing myself off in the way that I often do. It's based on maybe something that happened to me in the past. Not always, like I said, sometimes it's appropriate, I believe, to close ourselves off based on what people show us. But in many cases for me, I close myself off to things, again, because I'm trying to protect myself, but not necessarily based on the present situation. And... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you've ever been in a relationship with a person you can't fully trust, you can probably visualize and understand the picture I'm trying to paint here about the way that we close ourselves off, the way that we revoke access to certain aspects of ourselves and not being able to really reach any level of depth in that relationship. And we often, from my perspective, withhold these things with the intention of protecting ourselves. But again, going back to this idea of having a flow of energy or a mutual exchange happening in a relationship, when we stagnate that flow I find that it often starts to build up and sometimes transform into resentment or frustration or even anxiety. So what I believe is that a relationship of this nature isn't really conducive to change and transformation. And beyond that, it's just not really a pleasant place to be for either party. And again, this doesn't just go for relationships with people. We can experience a similar kind of dynamic with anything in our lives. And I'll give examples of that in a moment. But before I do that, I just want to summarize what I believe to be true right now. And again, I'm always evolving. I say that all the time. But what I believe to be true right now in the realm of trust and control and the role that they play in my reality. So first of all, a sense of safety precedes a sense of joy and pleasure. Trust is required in order to feel safe. I am in relationship with, or an exchange if you prefer, with everything I interact with. And the greater the degree of openness, the greater the potential for depth in that exchange. The degree of openness can be influenced by the degree of trust and safety I feel in that exchange. And then since trust informs my sense of safety, attempts to override or ignore my desire for trust may compromise my feeling of safety and therefore my access to joy and pleasure. So that's kind of the summary of what I've shared so far. 
And one thing I noticed in some of the Instagram sticker responses, which I'll share in a minute, is that quite often these walls come up for good reason. Like I said, I believe that I put myself in a position of needing to be in control because I think that that, that's what I need to do to be safe. So maybe we've experienced not being able to trust someone or something maybe more than once. So our response to reality, our adaptation is to keep those walls up so we're not in that position again. Like I said, I don't think the answer, especially when we've had this experience, is to attempt to override that response and automatically swing the door wide open, which is why I believe that saying just trust the universe doesn't really land if you've had that experience and if that's the way that you've been approaching reality. I would also say that if you're listening to this episode though, you've probably recognized like me that being so closed off is an unpleasant and isolating experience or can be unpleasant and isolating and so I've thought personally about ways to move towards releasing some of that control and learning to cultivate a sense of trust with others in reality. Now I always like to approach reality creation from wherever I currently am which is why I think it's so important not to try to override this experience. But just like it took time for the idea that I need to be in control to be safe, it may take time to build up a dynamic of trust and what that looks like to me, kind of like a muscle over time. And that's why we call it building trust. So what this looks like to me and what this has looked like is actually beginning to question my default narratives and approaching every new experience friendship and relationship with a renewed sense of openness and curiosity. That doesn't mean that I have to immediately trust someone or something, but I have an openness to cultivating that sense of trust and cultivating that sense of safety within the relationship. And I am focused on my contributions to building that. So Another important question for me to ask when I feel myself kind of wanting to put the wall back up is what is the experience I believe I am protecting myself from in this instance? We will talk about some of those in a moment and some of the examples for me that I quite often find myself wanting to put the wall back up, but that could be fear of abandonment, fear of being rejected, fear of embarrassment, anything of that nature. So what is the experience I believe I am protecting myself from? And then do I actually have any evidence that that is going to happen in this current experience that I'm in? And also, if it does happen that way that I anticipate it to, what is the worst case scenario? Am I actually going to be unsafe? So if I am in fact embarrassed and I don't really protect myself in the way that I want to, will I be okay? And another question, just because it happened in this way before, can I know for sure that it will happen this way again? That would be 
a big one for relationships, for example, just because I've been in a relationship and this isn't me talking, but this is an example where I've been cheated on in the past. Can I know that when I enter into a new relationship with a new person, that it will absolutely happen that way again? Or can I go into it with a sense of renewed openness and not necessarily trusting fully right off the bat but being willing to build that trust you know that i love to gather evidence and data about myself and about my reactions to reality and so i can explore and get curious about my own tendencies to close myself off and question in those moments whether there really is a threat to my safety again i do understand that that is where the reaction of closing myself off comes from but does it necessarily happen in instances where I actually am at risk of being unsafe so for example a big one that I've talked about before is the fear of embarrassment and quite often I would close myself off to having new experiences because I didn't want to be embarrassed in those new experiences. Now, obviously that comes from a place of self-preservation and in the past being embarrassed maybe was something that made me feel excluded socially. So I can understand that that's where it comes from, but in this current situation that I'm in, is that an actual threat to my safety? Even if I do embarrass myself and someone does exclude me, do I have a sense of safety within myself that I'll be okay? So this line of questioning and this self-exploration for me is all about experimenting with releasing even a bit of control in situations with the intention of building trust and just seeing what happens. Beginning to build evidence in support of a new narrative, which is that I have the capacity to trust, that it's safe for me to trust and to let go of control and that in the instances that it's not safe I trust myself to respond in the right way and remove myself from that relationship the cool thing about releasing some of the control for me is that I've noticed it frees up so much of my energy to invest in other things when I don't feel like I have to always be analyzing and correcting and organizing and problem solving I have more space for example for Connecting deeply, creating, having fun, experiencing pleasure, joy, and I get to participate in my life and relationships and reality in a way that actually supports my desires rather than hinders me from accessing them and enjoying them. So again, that last little bit about participating in my life in a way that supports my desires comes back to this idea that I believe I create my reality by playing the character of the version of myself who already is living in the reality that I desire. But quite often, what I'm doing is I'm playing the character of the version of myself that doesn't have what I desire. So I have to ask myself in those times, am I orienting myself to this thing that I desire in a way that suggests it will actually happen? Am I playing the character who has the thing I desire or is experiencing what I desire or who doesn't. And again, I think that this comes from having a degree of trust with whatever it is that I'm trying to call in and being conscious 
of that relationship. So coming back to the idea that I shared at the beginning of the episode about how I don't necessarily relate to this big entity of the universe, I more relate to coming into relationship with whatever it is in my life that I'm interacting with. And interaction includes desire. So what is the specific thing that I'm trying to come into relationship with, whether that is money or a job or a partner? And what is my orientation to that thing? Is it a relationship of trust? Is it a relationship of curiosity and openness? Even if it's not actually physically, tangibly in my reality right now, I can still consider how I'm orienting myself to it. Okay, so as I mentioned, I put out an Instagram story about basically this theme of trust and releasing control, and I asked whether you guys find it easy and natural to trust others in reality, and just basically ask for your thoughts here. So I'm going to read some of them out. Someone responded and said, I find it easier to trust others sometimes because I'm so insecure in my own decision making I'd rather have someone else do it for me this sounds so bad but I'd rather not be blamed for decisions that go wrong I'd rather let other people do it I'm working on it this was so interesting because this is kind of the reverse of what I've experienced but at the same time I can understand where this person is coming from and I recognize that I specifically relate to what they said about not being blamed for things going wrong. This is interesting because although this person said that they find it easier to trust others, what I think they're really saying here is that they don't trust themselves and don't trust themselves to make decisions. And even beyond that, I would say how I relate to this is I often don't trust that if I make a decision that people don't like, that I'm still safe. So for example, let's say I decide on the restaurant and people don't like it. That feels on some level like it threatens my sense of belonging. I think on a very deep level, I fear that if people don't like choices that I've made, it will, I'll be abandoned, for example. And so this is a manifestation of lacking trust in ourselves. And this for me is interesting to explore the narratives around, well, play that worst case scenario out. Play the scenario that you go to a restaurant, let's say I'm just using using an example, and everyone doesn't like it. And what does that mean about your safety? And for me, in this instance, when I recognize that I associate this type of experience with a lack of personal safety because maybe I'll be abandoned, I question have I really cultivated a sense of safety first within myself and trust first within myself? Because it's been very stabilizing for me to work on that relationship first before anything else. Because even if the worst case scenario that I'm envisioning does play out, which by the way, for me, it often doesn't, I still have myself and I still have a solid sense of self that I can lean into and the comfort of my own company and myself. And I find that that has really helped to cultivate a deeper sense of trust with my surroundings, with other people and with other experiences. Another person said, when I'm in relationships, I tend to not believe that I'm 
what they want. Uh, This is really interesting because I've been thinking about this recently, about how I actually only typically believe certain things that people tell me about myself. And if people tell me that they love me and appreciate me and want to spend time around me, I sometimes don't fully trust that that's true on some level, um, which I think is sad. I think I believe people more, for instance, when they're criticizing me because it's almost like I'm waiting for people to learn the true me, if that makes sense. And on some level, maybe I believe that the true me is flawed and wrong and bad. And I feel like that's part of my kind of shadow self is that I fear deep down that, you know, people don't actually want to be around me and people don't actually like me and that it's all kind of like a facade waiting to unravel itself, which I'm working on and I'm unpacking why I feel that way. Um, But I think just coming to the conclusion myself that I'm not bad and that despite the flaws that I have, that I have people in my life that actually truly care and accept me. And the reverse is also true. The people in my life that I spend time around, I care and love and accept all aspects of them. Another person said, I can trust people's intention, but struggle to believe that things can work out without interfering. I completely relate to this. And I was just talking to my friend about this, about how let's say you communicate something that you desire in a relationship like better communication to actually believe that you can trust that that person is going to take that feedback and improve upon that feedback without you needing to constantly be in control and interfering that is challenging but I would also say for me essential because it's almost like the more I interfere that person picks up on the fact that I don't trust that they're capable of making that change and also being on the receiving end of that is not a very nice experience because you want the people in your life to also trust that you're capable of doing things in taking that feedback and in evolving as well. Another person said, I feel like I can't trust anyone. I think I can, but then regret what I just told them. Yeah, that's interesting. I've definitely experienced this before as well. I think this comes back to a feeling of building trust. And for me personally, I consider myself to be an open book, like very much so. Sometimes that can feel unsafe though. And I've learned that I deserve to have a sense of trust with someone and that deserves to be built up to a point where I do feel safe sharing and sometimes that regret can come from a place of shame and not necessarily because you don't trust that person but I think in other instances at least for me it does come from a place of not being at that point with someone yet and maybe I've shared something that I actually don't fully feel I'm at that level of safety and level of trust with someone. Someone said, I think part of it is difficulty with vulnerability, but also I'm afraid of them letting me down, I think. This is really interesting because with Jamie, my partner, I've said to him before that if something were to ever happen that was a big betrayal of trust, I think that it would break me in a way that I 
don't know if I would be able to come back from. Well, I trust that I would be able to, but when we are so open and so vulnerable, it almost feels like we have so much more to lose because again, when we talk about that openness and the exchange that's happening, there is so much that that person is like that you're open to with that person. And in the case of my partner, Jamie, like it's the first time that I've fully felt that degree of openness. There's nothing that I'm really holding back and that encompasses all sides of me. And I think that if I were to ever, if that were to ever, and I think the reverse is also true, if that were to ever be compromised in a big way, I think that I would have such a retraction And I think my walls would go up really high because it's the most vulnerable I've ever been. And if that were to be, again, compromised, I think that that would have a really damaging effect. And I do think that that is the risk that we run when we get into relationships with people or things and we fully open ourselves up. But I do trust that if that were to happen, despite it being probably difficult to recover from, I trust myself to be able to navigate it and to be able to open myself up again. But of course, and I haven't mentioned this throughout the episode, opening ourselves up to reality and to people and to things doesn't mean that we won't experience pain and hurt. And to be in denial of that is to be in denial of this experience, I believe. But for me, it's almost that much more profound and allows you to connect that much deeper with people and with things to recognize that you feel open enough to that experience or that relationship knowing what could happen when you open yourself up in that way. But for me, having spent a lot of my life closed off to everything, that alternative is how I want to live. I want to open myself up. I want to reach that depth of connection and you know it is hard to accept that along with that is the potential for pain and to be hurt or disappointed but I think that to build that internal sense of safety and trust that we have with ourselves to know that even if that does happen and even if it does close us off even temporarily it doesn't mean that we will never open back up in the future and yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Again, my perspective is evolving. I hope everything here made sense because it's a new way for me to articulate my relationship with reality. But yeah, I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. If we need to do part two, then we'll do part two. But I hope that you enjoyed this and I'll leave it at that for this week and I will see you in next week's episode. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 